Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7, oh my god, of the Bottom Shelf Book Club. Heidi ho Hello. I'm Nicole. I'm Scarlett. I'm Sarah. And okay guys, um, somehow we made it to the week of Thanksgiving. I, I don't know how, but we're here. I feel like this happens every year. And this week roughly kicks off, I don't know, I'd say like a month and a quarter of holiday shenanigans, regardless of what you celebrate, if you celebrate. So we decided to celebrate with our own podcast giving, Thanksgiving meal, yes. and pairings. Mm. We had some, some seriously delicious food. Mm-hmm. All the trimmings. You know, mashed potatoes. We made cauliflower stuffing because we trying to be healthy. We had the, what is it, the turkey roast from the, the vegan turkey roast from Trader Joe's. Yeah, the turkey, the turkey-less turkey roast. Which was delicious. Um, yes. Mashed potatoes because we healthy but not that healthy. The ocean spray cranberry sauce, it, well, jelly. Yes. Because it has to have the ridges or else it's trash. <laughs> Ridges or get out. <laughs> Pretty much. And then we also had the vegan gravy from the tub at Trader Joe's, which was also, I would say, delicious. Yeah. We're very full. We had a vegan pumpkin pie from Whole Foods. Whole Foods. The almond ready whip. And, and then cool Target Cool Whip. Target Cool Whip and Angry Orchard Hard Cider. Oh, and Sarah also made really good green beans. Yes, she did. Oh. How can we forget that green bean casserole? The deconstructed green bean casserole. Cause it was delicious. Because cream of mushroom soup is gross. It is? It is yeah. I, I agree. Well, you don't like mushrooms. Fair. But I do. Like, I think if you can get it, like, at a good consistency and it's not the Campbell's soup, high sodium one, like, <laughs> I think it's cream. I like any cream of anything vegetable. Am I weird? That's oh, fine. No, I like some of them too. Okay, cause like I'll get down with some creamy soups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean how I make it is like half a stick of the butter type source of your choice. Uh, for this one, I used Vegan Smart Balance. Special. Mm, um, a shallot that's been thinly sliced. About a few cups of green beans. Two. I think this was about two and a half cups of green beans. And then two mushrooms thinly sliced, just saute together in a pan mm-hmm. and eat it. So probably a little bit healthier than the cream of mushroom soup. And eat it. That's what I just heard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. <laughs> like we said before, this is a podcast that involves singing. Yes. Singing and side rants and inappropriateness. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're not here for it, goodbye. You've come this far. You can <laughs> exit now. So, holidays are undeniably associated with family, whether it's your blood family or a family you create. And I'm going to assume no one out there is operating under this uh, illusion that you have this perfect leave it to beaver family. If you are, well, fuck lucky. You. <laughs> You are. Why are you listening to this podcast? Thank Why you. aren't you just watching the Hallmark movie of your choice? Fuck you if you have a happy family. <laughs> like, what planet are you from? <laughs> Maybe send us an email or a DM and tell us what that's like. Yes, it is a picture of you yeah. and your happy fucking family wearing matching sweaters. What is it like to not draw the short straw of parents? <laughs> what is it like? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Ooh, that that escalated quickly. <laughs> I just brought up like all of our PTSD. Like that just goes to show. Hello, welcome to the PTSD podcast where we deal with parental strife, <laughs> unresolved family issues. That's that's this title. That's today's episode's title. There it is. PTSD <laughs> the unresolved parental issues. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Not sorry. You look, you know, you agree with us. I mean, there's always like one family member you can maybe tolerate in short increments, but the rest are just fucking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I feel like we're all in good company because if there were, 
If most families were picture-perfect great families, there would not be so many books, movies, and TV shows about messed up families. Absolutely. So accordingly, we picked a book <laughs> that fits this theme and presents us with this family that appears to be perfect on the outside but is actually harboring, harboring I can't talk today either, uh, these deep, dark secrets that get exposed in a very public way. Uh, the book we read is called The Best Kind of People by a author named Zoe Whittall. Whit I hope I'm pronouncing your last yeah, it, name what right. What is it? W-H-I-T-T-A-L-L? -L? Correct. Uh, and she is a Canadian poet, novelist, and TV writer who's published four novels and three poetry collections to this day. What kind of TV did she do? You know, I don't know. I feel like that will have a lot. Okay, so it's Canada, so I'm going to guess Corner Gas. So if you're from Canada and you're listening, you were just like, oh, snap. Oh, snap. But, I mean, I doubt it was Littlest Hobo. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the premise of Littlest Hobo from our American audience, it's basically the Canadian version of Lassie, except for the Littlest Hobo is a dog that's just like rides the rails from town to town, finding people to help them. So it's like, if the Littlest Hobo was the A-Team and Lassie merged together. <laughs> oh, goodbye. So good. Yeah, so, yeah, so Canada, wel you're welcome. So Canada. Thank you so much for <laughs> Coffee Crisp oh. and the Littlest Hobo. And ketchup potato chips. Yes, oh, yeah. the ketchup potato chips I fuck with hard. Also poutine. I've heard that's really good. Yeah. Which is French-Canadian, but you know. We'll, we'll give Canada credit. And you understand my work. family's deep and abiding love for real pure maple syrup? Oh, yeah. There were no Aunt Jemima in my house. You had real from oh. the tree. Yeah, my yeah. mom would have probably scrimped on other food we have, so we had real maple <laughs> syrup. That's how my dad is, too. It's all fancy pants maple syrup. Yeah, and I, I know a girl who dates a guy from Canada who actually brings his own maple syrup to breakfast in restaurants. Yes. Because he does not trust <laughs> American restaurants to have proper maple syrup. He's prepared at all times for any kind of breakfast brunch affair. Yeah. Just the idea of someone like pulling a mini bag of, or like a mini bottle of maple syrup out of their pocket. Oh, it's like hot sauce, but Canadian style. That warms my heart. Yeah, just being like, um, I don't know what's in that little weird dispenser thing over there. Uh, I bring my own. Exactly. That's hardcore. So, That's hardcore. So before we dive into the some of the details of this book, in all seriousness, I gotta say, this book does discuss subject matters that could be considered triggers, such as sexual violence, drug use, and alcohol use. So if you are at a point where you are not looking to read a book that discusses any of those subject matters, I would maybe put this one aside. I just wanted to put that out there straight away because it is intense at points. And a, a good deal of the sexual violence, uh, drug use, and uh, sexual misconduct does involve minors. Yes. Not minors below teenage age, but still minors. Correct. So uh, if that's also triggering to you, this might be a problematic book for you. That being said, she does discuss it in... I think the nicest way possible and does not go into a great deal of detail. It's very fact-based. Like, yes. this happened, but we're not going to go into the nitty-gritty details. There's no actual rape scenes or no. anything like that. What did I sign up not to read? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just wanted to clarify what the levels were because right. I don't want to misrepresent the book. Right. It's a respectful discussion of these topics. And like Sarah said, it's factual. So it's not this unnecessary on and on and on discussion. So we open on a family called the Woodberries who live in this affluent suburb of Avalon Hills, Connecticut. There's, and they are a nuclear family. So you have mother, father, brother, sister. Uh, the father is a beloved science teacher at a local prep school uh, who is voted teacher of the year every year. And then actually one year he rescued the school from a gunman attack and was able to thwart him before 
violence was committed. His wife is a hardworking nurse at an emergency room. And there's a 17-year-old daughter named Sadie. And I'm not exactly sure how old the son is, to be honest. But he is, he is older than her. I, I'm going to guess in his 30s, if I'm recalling correctly. Well, yeah, I was trying to do the math on that. And he is between 10 and I would say almost 15 years older than yeah. Sadie. Because yeah. he has finished college, gone to law school, and been practicing law for a few years. Correct. Correct. So, you know, do the math. Correct. And his name is Andrew. So, obviously the kids grew up in this town, Avalon Hills, and were, slash R, because Sadie's still in high school, very successful in high school. They were, you know, smart kids. They participate in extracurriculars. They're popular. They're well-loved, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and the father teaches at the high school Sadie attends. Yes, yes. He is a high school yes. teacher. They sound yes. so annoying already. They're very much like upper middle class white wasps. Yes. They live in a really large house with a gate mm-hmm. on a lake with a boathouse. Oh, kill me. Um, Hashtag privilege. I mean, both <laughs> parents work, but it was either the grandfather or the great grandfather basically developed the town of Avalon Hills, right. bought all the land, built all the houses, sold them. So they have a trust with some money in that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so they, that kind of supplements their lifestyle. But yeah, right. these were the people who like, oh, it's Sadie's 13th birthday. We're going to take her to Europe. Correct. Like that would have been yeah. barf. I knew kids like that in school. So they've got really deep roots in this community. Obviously, they have wealth. Everyone knows who they are. They participate in all kinds of community activities, etc. So then one night on Sadie's 17th birthday, a cop car shows up and actually arrests George for sexual... That's imp- the father. Correct. For sexual impropriety with teenage girls from the same school he teaches at, at where his daughter also attends... Uh, during a skiing trip. Mm -hmm. So he gets taken away, no questions asked. So as he's sitting in prison, awaiting trial and claiming innocence, this completely rocks this family. Joan, the wife, just goes through denial and rage as people that they have considered their neighbors and friends basically turn their backs on the family entirely, Sadie, who, again, is 17, she's this popular high school senior, she just completely 180s and becomes kind of a social pariah and starts experimenting with drugs and ends up encountering a bunch of her peers from, well, mostly from outside of their high school, who she ends up befriending, which is kind of one of the silver linings of all of this. Like maybe she wouldn't have engaged with those kids, but for this happening. So in a weird way, some of her horizons expand. Andrew also vaults with this as well. And he's got kind of an interesting background with Avalon Hills, even though he came up in a very well-to-do family and all of that. He also struggled with coming out while living in the town and then ultimately had moved to New York to practice law. So he's got kind of a twisted feeling about this town and returning home to help with his father's defense because obviously it's a very conflicting situation. And Andrew is basically like immediately believes his father's completely innocent because Mm -hmm. the people in this town are a bunch of assholes. And I do think that we get into kind of like a generational thing between Andrew and Sadie because Sadie's like, lots of kids are gay at school, Andrew. You kind of like, she doesn't understand. He was like, no, they were bullied me. They called me like a faggot to my face. And that's basically a quote from the book. That's not, you know, right. You all know anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah. Like they beat me up all this stuff and she like, doesn't get it. She thinks he's a little dramatic about it. Mm -hmm. So immediately Andrew is team dad. Right. And he basically stays that way the entire book. He does. Um, And I think it has to do with the fact that 
he thinks everyone in that town is a bunch of privileged fucking assholes. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so he just assumes that the girls lied for attention or for some other bullshit because they're just dicks from this town. But, you know, Sadie knows some of the girls Mm -hmm. because she goes to school with them. So she has more conflicts from the very beginning, you know. Her dad has always been, like, the perfect dad. Never inappropriate, never anything. And then, so she has kind of, like, an arc about the whole thing. Because it pretty much goes from the dad being arrested, like you said, up until he, the resolution of his trial. Correct. So it's it's satisfying in the sense that you get to see the entire life cycle of the arrest through the preparation for the trial to the beginning of the trial. Right. And it goes into like how he's far away and they have to travel to go see him in jail and pay money to call. And, um, it it does go into the difficulty of having a family member who's incarcerated, whether you're wealthy or, and especially if you were poor, even worse. Right. You know, and the mom's eyes get opened because she starts interacting with more people who are in the same situation as her, who are definitely not the fancy pants rich people she knows. Definitely. And, and she, I think, benefits from that. Absolutely. And, you know, she has everything flipped upside down because, she, all the again, all these people that she believed were truly their friends and their neighbors just completely abandon them and criticize them and shun them and... It's, it's painful. East Coast white yes. crap. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, she feels alienated by her church, by oh, her fam. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole now living out of your comfort and what you're right. used to. Like she's definitely in like the privilege bubble. Mm. And it's not that she's a bad person. She's a trauma nurse. Like she works hard and right. helps people. Right. And I mean, he's a school teacher. These are not like Wall Street dicks doing cocaine off their bathroom sink. What's upper middle that? class? I mean, nothing, but <laughs> <laughs> I think the author intentionally kind of gave them jobs and careers where it was like they were more sympathetic. True. Because they are so privileged. They're very much in service positions. Right. And I think if they had been like CEOs mm-hmm. and in a privileged position, the characters would be less interesting in the book. Definitely. Because they kind of don't, they, at least the wife goes through this whole part where she's just like, I live in the real world. Like I see shit. Like I'm not just some woman who sits around at home watching TV and baking cookies. Like I work 12 hour shifts in like a bloody ER. Like, you know, I know what's up. Like how could I be this naive or not know things? And it, it does go into being comfortable Definitely. Sure. Definitely. You know, and not being on guard. Right. Well, and through the the midst of all of this, you have these ancillary characters who are trying to get involved with this scenario at some point. Like, not to spoil too much, but there is a writer who tries to capitalize uh-huh. on the sensationalism of this story and tries to exploit it for his own gain. There's activist groups that try to recruit different members of the family for their own causes. Like there's a there's a men's rights advocacy group, which mm. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I don't know if this is too much of a spoiler, but I thought it was really interesting that that group is actually run by a woman in the book. Yes, yes. isn't that interesting? Yeah, yes. yeah, and it's uh-huh. you know, and we've all as a woman, we've all met those women who are like anti-feminist and they're all like oh well you know bitches just make things up for Uh attention and i'm like what (laughs) weird kool-aid were you fed as a child what happened to you who are honestly i would love who hurt you i would love there for there to be a spin-off book about that character like how did you become this book that does this woman that does not trust Mm -hmm. men Women, right? Women. Well, I mean, sorry, not yeah. men. Women. Like, doesn't trust other women. Like, what happens? Exactly. You? What flip? What switch gets flipped in your brain? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. That it's run by a woman. 
Interesting. And if you guys know about a book about a character like that, I would love to read it. So write in. What is it? Bottomshelfbc at gmail.com. Right. Yep. Send it our way. Mm-hmm. So we're, we don't, again, we don't want to get into how this comes out because the whole crux of this plot is, did he do it? Didn't he do it? Right. And other information from his past ends up coming out that contributes to this. Did he he do it? Didn't he do it? Didn't he do it? Yeah. And if we seem to always be shifting in the book. Yes, Absolutely. But basically, it's. I felt like this book was very grabbing in the sense that not only are you grappling with whether or not he actually did this, um, but you watch all of his family try to pick up their pieces and live their lives. And how do you. How, how do they defend their love for their father and their husband while also wrestling with the possibility of his guilt? And what does that look like? Right. And also. There's also some questioning about, like, no matter how much you love someone, can can love be completely blind to the point that you just believe them because they mm-hmm. ask for it? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. Like, I want you to believe it because I'm asking you to believe it. Right. Because this is the sort of accusation, too, where there isn't a lot of proof. In, I mean... I shouldn't say that. Sexual assault or sexual misconduct can have a great deal of proof. For sure. But in this case, there is not a lot of hard evidence or proof. Right. We don't have a ton of scientific evidence to back up what's being asserted. So, yes. The characters are getting it from two different directions. They're getting Mm -hmm. it from the victims, the accusers, who are saying, like, why can't you just believe me? You know me. If I said it's true, it's true. Right. And then they're also getting it from their father, who's saying, I'm telling you it's not true, and if I'm saying it's true, it's true. And, you know, very early on... Like, certain characters are all completely team dad, and certain characters get a little bit confused, mm-hmm. or don't know what to think. Right. You know, they have a hard time, and like you said, it's reconciling how can you love someone and still accept that the thing they did was potentially monstrous. Absolutely. Money? <laughs> Scarlet cuts down to the brass tack. We know where her money. loyalty lies. Money. So, you know, Trump, Food if you're looking to That's... win Nevada, Scarlet is bribable for a vote. Food right. and money, but more money than food. Please and thank you. <laughs> In that order. It would have to be really expensive, high-end vegan food. She's not going to do this. Yeah, for I some... want the $5 no. cheese, not the $2 yeah. shit. She ain't going to do this for some Daya mac and cheese. Oh, okay? no, I fuck with Daya mac and cheese. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That shit slaps. So. I actually had that yesterday. It's so good. It's it so is creamy. Good. It reminds me of old school Velveeta shells and cheese yes. where you just oh, have yeah. to squeeze uh-huh. back. Pack it. Yeah. 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 I like it better than Annie's. But look, I don't discriminate against any noodle and cheese product mm-hmm. or potato. No, I've never met a potato I didn't like. Okay, I like them in all forms, so yes. I I, met a European once who told me the best thing to come out of exploration to the Americas was the potato. (laughs) Not the United States, not any country from Latin America or South America. Fuck all of that. It was the potato. Right? Yeah, the potato is great. It's versatile. It's Mm -hmm. just... You can do anything with it. You can mash it. You can fry it. You can bake it. It's yeah. good. I mean, we know... For God's sakes, people use it as, like, a layer to top their fucking meat pies with. Like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. the best. I mean, we all know there's a cold green island in the North Sea called Ireland mm-hmm. that someone brought a boatload of potatoes to, and those people flipped their shit. Yeah, they did. Someone made them mashed potatoes and they went, fuck! We can eat for life! Everyone throw the turnips in the sea. (laughs) We're not eating that shit anymore. (laughs) Throw them in the sea. How do we plant? I'm just going to put this whole fucking thing in the ground and see what happens. Exactly. Just leave it on your counter and they start Throw the turnips in the sea. (laughs) Those are done. Turnips are canceled. Someone brought this far starchier shit for us. (laughs) And it has better flavor. 
Yeah, so the fact that there's, you know, even one statue to St. Patrick and the the guy who brought potatoes to Ireland wasn't sainted Uh, is probably some sort of crime. It is. It is. We need to honor his memory. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's probably like St. Seamus the pirate. (laughs) (laughs) The potato pirate. Uh, We're going to make a little pirate statue out of potato in what we would think Seamus the pirate looks like. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to invent him. He's St. Seamus the pirate. He also comes with a tropical parrot. Oh. Oh, gosh. Because he's been to the Americas. Yeah. He needs one. I can see it. Does he have an eye patch? Hmm. Thinking no eye patch, but possibly wooden hand. Cool, 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 cool. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Which also means my Seamus the Pirate Potato Man could just have a wooden spoon for a hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Either that, that or a peeler. Ooh, he peels his own self as a potato. Uh huh. Peeler. Yeah. He lost it in the Potato War of seventeen fifty nine. <laughs> and then I always wonder on that potato boat were there like sweet potatoes, oh. you know, like yam sweet potatoes and regular potatoes? And did the Irish just be like, this sweet potato has got too many vitamins, so also throw those in the sea, only the white starchy for us? <laughs> We need a we need a food that like resembles us. Just white, <laughs> white, and if you slide it out in the sun, it goes bad. <laughs> it needs to be called, stored in a cool, dark place. Yeah, man. And if there are oh, Irish God. listeners, I'm not sorry. Enjoy this. <laughs> As the resident Irish girl, it's okay. <laughs> You're fine. I am also pasty and should be stored in a cool, dark place. I am stored in a cool, dark place. So it's all good. It's, 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 uh, it's just, this is a safe place. Exactly. <laughs> we have sidebarred into another universe, it's as usual. Where I've invented St. Seamus the Potato Pirate. Maybe that should be the title of this St. Seamus the Potato Pirate. <laughs> This is how you discuss heavy shit, kids. You have to bring in humor. You invent an imaginary potato smuggler. Yeah. <laughs> like it was in barrels, marked rum, and they're like, no, we got the good stuff. We know you don't want the rum. No. We want the potatoes. Give us the potatoes. Yeah. No, I'm down. It's happening. Guys, get ready for St. Seamus, the potato pirate. He's smuggler. Come, he's coming, the potato smuggler. He's coming to a city near you. If you have any, uh, if you are inspired after listening to this podcast Please. and decide that you want to get out your colored pencils or Photoshop and send us an image of we'll take what it. he looks like, please do. We will yes. put you on our Instagram. We will. Yeah. We will shout out. If you've got an Etsy store where you draw <laughs> these things and sell them, we'll shout that out too. Absolutely. I'm sure all 17 of our listeners will appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we do have like... Good. Great. Thanks, guys. You've, Maybe, you've been here this long for the ride. Yeah, you've buckled in. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate you. You were warned at the beginning of this episode. We sidebar off into... Various topics. Whole other dimensions. <laughs> so, anyway, it was. I thought it was a really great book. I thought Zoe did a fantastic job of writing it. It was very engaging. She treated the subject matters very respectfully. The plot really drew me in. And even though the families. They're relatable, but they're not, right? Like, I I don't know what it's like to be upper class wasp-y. But they also have normal jobs, right? And their problems come to the surface quickly. And by the way, a lot of this is going on around a holiday time. Ooh, like, around Arbor Day. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, I think so. Because it, it was a school skiing trip. That I think it happened not too far. Because mm-hmm. th- there is a part where they have Christmas. I do remember that. Right. Um, right. School skiing. Well, excuse me. Yeah. What is this? The 80s? Like. <laughs> well, did the 80s really end in, like, Connecticut? 
No. <laughs> I had to think about that one. Fair enough. Like, Fair I just, enough. I don't know. When I think of, like, West, or that's in New York. Though. Yeah, Westchester. But I, when I think of places where the 80s never end, I assume it's, like, Westchester County. And I would say, like, New Haven, Connecticut, but I know half that town's on meth. So if they've discovered <laughs> meth, they're past the 80s. Meth, we're on it. <laughs> like, um. Oh, South Dakota. They're, they're, uh-huh. Well, I also heard that Joe Biden said that we should take a one-two punch to domestic violence. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was um, like, uh, did Joe see the, the South there. Dakota meth campaign and be like, that's how we talk about things in this country? Jesus. Yeah, no, I'm not laughing at the whole, like, whatever, one-two punch in domestic violence because it's not funny. But the fact that this is what our country is maybe going to elect so i it, mm. and i feel like no one's ready to deal with the election because my facebook feed personally is the 10-year challenge and oh yes i will say the statement and these lovely ladies have heard it before what i've learned from the 10-year challenge is that all of you learned how to use filters in the last 10 years you don't look the same age you did 10 years ago because you're using a filter that makes you look 10 years younger i beg to differ i still look like i'm wait how old was i 10 years 20 i beg to differ i'm like 120 years now so i still looked pretty youthful back then no no you you yeah. You look fine. I don't even know where you find filters, how filters work. Instagram, My, baby girl. I and Snapchat. But I don't have a Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had Snapchat, and then I forgot the password and just said, oh, well, that's done. <laughs> that's and then you done. just delete it off your phone, and it's like, cool, the app's deleted. It's all gone. No big deal. Yeah, now I can just pretend like it didn't exist. This podcast not sponsored by Snapchat. But if no. you want to. If you want us to be if you want to sponsor us, Snapchat, I am a corporate whore, and I will gladly <laughs> reactivate my Snapchat and learn how to use those filters where I make my face like a dog face. Isn't that what Snapchat was? I don't they know. They have that one. They do? Yeah, okay. The dog fa- I never could figure it out. Um, this is the problem with being over 40. You spend about two seconds looking at something, and you're like, uh, I don't really need to look like a dog, so... I'm good. There's probably something better on Netflix than doing this. <laughs> and then you go back to playing, like, Candy Crush Ooh, and watching, yeah. like, Blacklist on Netflix, and you're happy. Yeah. Candy Sounds Crush right. was the jam. Mm-hmm. My boss's wife loves Candy Crush. I think she's on like level 500 and something. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. I oh. made it to like 107 and I gave up. I was like, fuck this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not as exciting as Cow Clicker, but. I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, I don't. The, the long and. Glo- okay, so Cow <laughs> Clicker was a website. Goodbye, Sarah. I think it was Cow Clicker or it was Cow Click. It was one or the other. Someone could correct me. It was a website created by a guy as a joke because he said people will buy anything or do anything online. So it was literally just an image of a cow in a field and you could click the cow, but the cow did nothing. Okay, that's awesome. You just could click on the cow, but it did nothing. It didn't eat or move or walk or anything. Wow. And then one day he got sick of maintaining the website, so he just announced that the cow rapture was coming. (laughs) The cows were going to be raptured, and people got upset and started paying him to not rapture the cows. (laughs) So he made, like, a, a lot of money like extending the rapture countdown this is genius yes. so eventually yeah. the cows were raptured yes oh shit but he still got paid where oh, did yeah. we go wrong where did we go wrong in like trying to make this happen well I, I think he was like an internet developer who had much better ideas and just got like pissed off that no one wanted them and just said fine you all just want something simple and stupid here's a fucking field here's a cow in it you could click oh, on it <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. He got mad. He was big mad. Yeah. He was. So. Cow clicker. Okay. Cow clicker. The more oh. you know, guys. Yeah. Don't say. We should t- We should put this under educational. Like the more you, you know. know. We should hashtag our podcast. We should have list. our podcast listed as 
educational programming mm-hmm. up there with okay. Neil Tyson Degrassi. But yes. we're not for children. Don't no no, no none no. of this children shit because then you'll block us and I don't even. Yeah, it'll become like a YouTube thing. Oh yeah. We don't have that kind of time. We're not here for censorship. Well, I feel like I've dropped the F-bomb at least like four times in the last hour, so that should be enough to keep us off the children watch list. Exactly. So if you find yourself around family this holiday season... Cow clicking. And cow clicking, (laughs) dreaming about cow clicking, and uh, need a escape and can handle uh, some delicate subject matter... Well, you know, I'm going to suggest you pick up the best kind of people and watch a American family that is seemingly perfect just unravel around a holiday time. And then you can go, well, at least I'm not dealing with that. Hopefully. Hopefully you're not dealing mm-hmm. with that. It's kind <laughs> of like, what would happen if the Sweet Valley High twins' father, who might have actually also been named George Yes, that sounds right. Ah, write in if you know Jessica and Elizabeth's father's name. Yes. The Wakefields. Yes. Um, Oh, see, it's the Woodbury's, the Wakefields. It's a little bit like if their father was accused of sexual misconduct. Absolutely. Because they're also white and upper middle class and, like, the head cheerleaders Mm -hmm. and... Um, I also read this book on a couple of plane flights, so it was great on a plane, um, I did look, there is an audiobook version, it'd probably be great on a plane for that. The descriptions and the descriptive writing is very good, if that's something you enjoy. Absolutely, and it is a page turner. I'll give it that. So yeah, it is, you're yeah. right, it's perfect for a, a plane trip. So if you're going on a long plane trip to see your fun, fun family, oh boy, um, this could be a good one to pick up because it's a nice distraction. Uh, you get very engrossed in the story. And you do find out at the end... If he did it or not. Yes, there is a resolution right. to his case. So it's not one of those books where it's like, you spend all this time leading up to it, and then they pull some bullshit maneuver where you don't find out. Because I don't love that. Yeah. It irritates kind of... The, it's the unsatisfying. Yeah, so you do get satisfaction. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, great. Thank you. So that's pretty much it. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, Scarlett? Um, I don't know. I get invited a lot to these, like, orphan Thanksgivings. <laughs> um, Even though your mom and aunt live in town? Yeah, they don't fucking count. Um, <laughs> no, I just think it's funny, because I'm like, you get invited to orphan Thanksgivings? Yeah. You have family here. Well, like, the grown-ups don't really cook, so I refer to my mom and my aunt as the grown-ups. Um, they don't really do much. It's not like they're going to cook like an 18 pound turkey for like four people. No. Um, three, I should say. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, they might like do their own little thing dinner. I, there's a roast at home they could have, but, uh, no, I got invited to like a few things. So I might just hop around town. I normally like to just get drunk at a bar the night of, so. Sounds good. Yeah. Yes. Times. <laughs> it's kind of fun because everyone's like just left their house or their family or whatever and you can see the relief on them when like their mm. drink is served. You just see the relief. It's like, I fucking made it. I, I deserved this beer. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. You know there's always some cool siblings that are like texting at the Thanksgiving table like drinks at six, right? <laughs> Where are we drinking? Yeah. Making plans. Mm-hmm. Post meal. Smart. Yeah. Because yeah. they know. You already know the shit show that's about to erupt. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. That's pretty much it. How about you guys? What do you got going on, Meow Meow? I'm going to my fiance's sister's house for dinner. Uh, it'll be the first time. The first Thanksgiving with his whole family. And it's going to be a big crowd. So... We'll see how that goes. Turkey with all the trimmings, traditional style stuff, which is interesting because my family, uh, my mom would do traditional Thanksgivings growing up and then the older and older we got, we would just wing it. Like some years it's like, you know what? We're having 
barbecue or we're having Dope. Chinese food or we're having Dope. Mexican food. Like it, it, it's not turkey and stuffing and boop, boop, boop every year. I so know stuffing in my life. Everyone needs stuffing. In I just want lives. my stuffing and my cranberry jelly. Yes. That's it. And Sarah, yeah, um, so a few years back, I declared a travel moratorium on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> um, I always travel home for Christmas, so it was kind of like something's got to give. I can't do both. Um, so, and often my birthday falls over Thanksgiving weekend. It actually does this year too, because my birthday is the first of December. So it's Sunday. And so there was birthdays where I was literally at the airport traveling home from Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. It's like, happy birthday to me. That guy just shoved me. Um, (laughs) so, um, I usually just stay in town with my husband. I get up early on Thanksgiving morning and go to like 7-Eleven and get the paper. And then we languishly lie around and like look and see if there's anything we want and or need that's a good sale on Black Friday. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we did get an epic deal on a Dyson vacuum once. That's cool. Yeah, it seems to be something this one store does a lot. It was like, if you got there by a certain time, you got an additional like 20% off of the vacuum already on sale. Awesome. So uh, we do that. We sometimes watch the parade. You know, my family was big Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade people. Oh, yeah. Mine too. So we would watch that. Uh, My mom's Thanksgiving cooking is basically the like red 1950 Betty Crocker cookbook Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah, when people talk about like what do you put in your stuffing, I'm like, uh, seasoning, bread, onions, and celery. Is there something else that goes in stuffing? Damn it. Um, and I will say. My family was team in the bird stuffing. Yeah, that's how it's always been. Yeah. I mean, I made like three, we used to make three different kinds or something like that, but it was always one in the the bird. Yeah, and the joke was that the one in the bird, there wasn't very much, and we always were like, when it would go around the table, it was like, whoever had it was getting like the hairy eyeball, like, don't be taking like half that (laughs) stuffing, because there's that other stuffing that was just made in the pan, but you know the one in the bird is better. It's the flavor. See, my mom never made the stuffing in the bird. I think it may have weirded her out so she would always make it well some people tell me that they're afraid they're going to poison their family (laughs) by putting it in the bird I've heard that too I didn't hear this theory Um, and other funny fact I have never made a turkey but my husband has made several Ah. both in the oven and he also makes a really good smoked turkey Mm. he puts like herbs under the skin but pretty much if it's just me and him we go out to Lucille's barbecue in Las Vegas yeah it's a good joint just get their like Thanksgiving plate and go home Um, That's dope. Well, because yeah. it's, I, I think it's twenty seven ninety nine. So it's basically. But this way, you don't have to worry about cooking and cleaning. Yeah. So and... we're very, very lazy. And even though we do do some Black Friday shopping, we show up at like ten a.m. on Thursday. <laughs> we ain't busted through no doors. No. Um. Yeah. No, it, it's just not happening. I will not go out shopping on Thanksgiving Day. No. Mostly because I... Also, my family was not the kind of family that was organized and had Thanksgiving dinner at, like, 1 p.m. I love you all, but my family was, like, at 11 o'clock a.m. It was like, who's... Oh, we have to put the turkey in. Like, we disorganized lazy mofos in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it didn't happen. No, and we would always eat the minute the food's done. So yeah. it's not like, oh, wait till 6, get dressed up. No. Right. I'm still rocking the fucking jogging suit I was wearing yeah. this morning. I'm going to sit down on the couch and <laughs> fucking eat it. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. No, I remember my mom getting dressed up and dressing us up when we were kids and stuff and then the older we got, we were like, no. We're in fat pants. This is no. No. This is Big me. t-shirt and fat pants. Take me for who I am. That's right. Yeah. I think my mother finds cooking to be stressful because the older she gets, the more she complains about it. <laughs> So I think my mom was like stressed out. So it was like this 
Extravaganza is done. Just eat it. Oh, you've got dirt on your face for being outside? Don't sit down. Have you washed your hands? All right, fine. Eat. Yeah. Like, you know, it, we... Yeah. It didn't matter. No. It's like you're so fucking over it that you just want to... No. We do also, though, have a little bit of a tradition that's like an unspoken tradition, which is breakfast pie. So the day after Thanksgiving, oh. we eat the leftover pumpkin pie for breakfast. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Completely covered in whipped cream like it's a frosting layer. It's like an Ala- uh, it's a baked Alaska. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, at like 7 in the morning. And I'm telling you, if you are not eating your leftover pumpkin pie at 7 a.m. covered in whipped cream with a cup of coffee... You're you not should living. try it. You're not <laughs> living. Because your life's about to exchange. To this day, I still think pumpkin pie is best with coffee. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love... Oh, yeah. And according to my mother, as per my mother, it's no worse than eating pancakes <laughs> or donuts for breakfast. I'm with her. She also has the same philosophy about leftover cake. Yeah. Leftover, you know, mm-hmm. we're basically the Bill Cosby skit. Sorry if Bill Cosby is triggering for you, but the old Bill Cosby skit where he gives them the chocolate cake for breakfast, except for that was my mother who was like, mom is great. She gave us a chocolate cake. <laughs> Because my mom, want, she's a big sweet tooth. She wanted to eat the chocolate cake for breakfast, so it wasn't like she could not eat it and then tell us to have cereal. Absolutely oh. not. No. What kind of example would, would that she be set? setting? <laughs> what is this president? No. I, uh, no, I agree. Eating cake is just eating. It's like having a pastry with your coffee in the morning. Yeah. That's all it is, but in bigger portions. Flour and sugar. Is flour and sugar. Well, a long time ago, I saw a nutritionist, and he, do you know what she told me breakfast food was? Food you eat for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's funny, because, like, I'm one of those that, like, I like breakfast foods, but I don't care so much to, like, eat breakfast foods for breakfast. Like, mm-hmm. I like dinner for breakfast. Like, uh-huh. sometimes I wake up, and I just want, like, a heaping thick fucking sandwich. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... I don't want, like, eggs and whatever. Yeah. I want, like, a fucking loaded burrito. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So breakfast is breakfast. <laughs> I agree That's with exactly that. That's exactly it. I fucks with that so hard. Years ago in another life, when I was an athlete, I had a coach tell me, your body doesn't know what food is aligned with what meal. You just put it in you and go for it. And that was also the year that I had, yeah, basically dinner for breakfast every year Mm because it was so protein dense Mm -hmm. and it was easy. Yeah. I mean, my favorite too is I had a teacher in high school that when we had to take our proficiency exams, she would say, look, you need to eat something. And if you... Where'd you go? Lady is lady is making her her, date, her, her, her podcast appearance. You know, she is a big white cat, and she circles like a great white shark. shark she does. Mm-hmm. But no, my teacher said, like, before you take your test, you need to eat something. And if you're going to grab a, a candy bar, you might as well grab a Snickers because of the protein in the peanuts. Fair enough. So I was like, dope. My teacher just said I can have chocolate for breakfast. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what Someone give is, this lady a medal. <laughs> she needs a raise. Exactly. What I'm hearing was that it was food you ate for breakfast. So. Exactly. I mean, this is also the teacher who, like, I had her one year for, like, math, like a math class. And she was pregnant. And Panera had just become a thing. And Panera sells just the muffin tops. So I bought my... Practically bought my grade by feeding her pregnant cravings of chocolate, banana chip or banana bread, whatever, muffin tops from Panera. Your cat is eating my flip-flop. That was funny. Oh, <laughs> her is so starving. Oh. But it's not even it's not no. even her food time yet. No, it's not. And she's and so it, starved she's resorted to eating flip-flops. <laughs> she's so starved. She's only 20 pounds. <laughs> Lady. I felt this crunch, crunch on my foot. No. But what was that? Ow. Come up here. Every episode lately, Lady makes makes her her appearance and has to say hello and 
So my real Beg question is, can she hop up onto the actual chair? Yeah, if you scoot out that chair, she'll sit there. Come here. Linda. We also do science experiments with cats on this podcast. Yeah, we do. Kind ones. Only ones where we have they to do force adorable our love things. On them. <laughs> we just force our love on them. Look at your little heart-shaped nose. Well, guys, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. The next episode will be episode 8 during the month of Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's Eve. And winter solstice. And winter solstice. Yeah. Yule. Mm-hmm. Yule. Yule. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's some other ho- a Kwanzaa. Correct. Uh, I don't know if there's a Hindu holiday. If there is. Is it? It's not Diwali. No, it's not Diwali. Uh, I don't know. It's not Diwali. I'm sorry. I'm not that well versed in it. We'll there's, figure it out, though. I think Ramadan has already passed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's another Islamic holiday. Who knows? Hey, shout out to the Baha'is. You've got a holiday coming up. I don't know. I could start just spilling out some random If religions. you celebrate a holiday we haven't listed, please Tell let us. us know. Educate us. Learn us. Exactly. For those of you who were tuning in to see if Lady would in fact jump on the chair in oh, our science did. experiment, she just did. So, hooray! Resolution. Yeah. Resolution. Um, but, uh, as I said on my last podcast, we are in full... Now we're not heading into... We are fully in the perfectionist season. Uh, I suggest you do not compare yourself to anyone on YouTube or Instagram. Or Pinterest. Because they're, they're all lies. lies. Yep. Um, my friends, some of my friends yesterday were talking about how they love these women on YouTube and Instagram who have professional cleaning services and then are sponsored by like Meyer cleaners or whatever. And they show them like saying things like, Oh, I mean, right now I have to clean up cause the house is really messy cause we had a party and there's like one crocked pot on the counter. Fuck you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just, just bear in mind when they when they look into these women, they have their houses professionally cleaned once a week. And just know that their life is a trash fire itself. So that's why they're too busy trying to keep it clean. And if you have a problematic family, please know you're not alone. No, no. this is a very safe I, space. For, feel free to write us if you need just to vent. We're here. We'll listen yeah. to you. And don't try to put the perfect bows on your presents. You don't get both. No you get one, newspaper and tinfoil wrapping. And no one like cares. <laughs> you will. I, I once knew someone who couldn't find tape and used a glue stick to close her presents. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, and um, it worked great, by the way. So if you can't find your tape and you've got a hot glue gun, a glue stick, some old chewing gum... Just You're make it gonna happen. like it. If you don't want to wrap presents, tell everybody you're being more environmentally conscious there you and go. just throw them out of a bag you carry to the Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> like you're some kind of weird green Santa. I'm not gonna lie, I've used the uh, Whole Foods and Trader Joe's paper bags as wrapping paper. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I will tell anybody who's looking for cute wrapping paper, yes, go us. to Dollar Tree. Ooh. They got like Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Bugs Bunny, Snoopy, Spider-Man, all of them. Scooby-Doo. And they're a dollar a roll. Now, the paper is not the highest, best quality. But I have also seen people, if you want to get a little hustle on, buy the ones from Dollar Tree for a dollar a roll, wait for them to sell out, and then try to sell them for 8 to $10 a roll. God damn it! On, like, Mercari and... Come, I love the, how do you like title that? Dollar store Snoopy no, roll. No, paper. they just put on there like Snoopy wrapping paper or Christmas story wrapping paper. But I know because I'm hitting up the Dollar Tree on the regs at the holiday season <laughs> mm-hmm. for wrapping paper. I know you got it for a dollar. Damn. I gotta respect that side hustle. I respect it. Yeah. And it is cute. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And like Sarah said, it it may not be the best quality, but it gets the job done, and it's very cute. And if you're wrapping presents for children, it really doesn't matter. Absolutely. Your square box could be a circle 
after you're done wrapping it. Absolutely. I, I've box. seen it happen. <laughs> and I guarantee your child is going to make short order of that wrapping paper. So buy it for... Oh, and it's the extra long rolls. Oh, So if you have important. some stupid, like, crane set you have to wrap, this wrapping paper is long enough. Good to know. Yeah. But... Yeah. So that's my fun tip. But, yeah, just don't stress out. It doesn't Sarah's matter. holiday corner. Exactly. Yeah, this is my corner on please don't stress out during the holidays. Uh, this year, when people asked me what I wanted, I sent them a list of gift cards that you could buy at the grocery store. <laughs> so I'm like, while you're getting your like canned wine this Christmas, if you really <laughs> want to get me something, you can stop by that rack. And yeah. here's a few options. Make it easy. Yeah. So You know, no one has asked me what I wanted this season. Should I be worried? It's early. My family is extra. Oh, that's true. I saw those text messages. <laughs> Christmas becomes intense. I love it, though. It's like, guys, what are we going to get for each other? Let's not really worry about the gifts. Let's just do this. And Sarah's like, same. Me too. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I am also the person of the bereft or short text message response where I'm like, LOL. Yes. No. Okay. It's this not is my true. <laughs> yeah. true. It's not my preferred form of communication. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to write you my novel. Um, I love them because I say there's always a skit in them, so I always save those. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole note folder in my phone of Sarah's comedy, and it's just like different <laughs> things that we can use. Mm-hmm. These are gems that like we have to pull out. Like when the moment comes, they're coming out, Sarah. Okay, we're I'll gonna monopolize that. on these. You're just keeping my my stand up notebook that I'm not keeping. Yeah, I'm okay. your I'm, in, I'm being your assistant right now. Oh, good. You're <laughs> you're the weird lesbian woman on Miss Basil. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfect. Yes. Alex, whatever her name is. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it me. Mm-hmm. You, but you're more goth and cute. Thank you. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> you know, it Guys, always gets crazy. Don't feel bad. Like, don't feel like you have a drinking problem this holiday season. It just comes with the territory. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, if your family sucks, just, they do. <laughs> just remember, every major grocery store where you can get your canned wine has gift cards. And like everything else, this season will pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping you don't have multiple family members in the Hallmark Ornament Cult. Ooh. Do you? Yeah, it's the Hallmark Ornament Club. And you, like, sign up and you can order your ornaments from a book. And you go and you get them all at one time. And there's special ornaments you can get. And you get invited to parties in Hallmark because ain't no party like a Hallmark party. Because the Hallmark, Hallmark Party, party has gingerbread. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you do know, Sarah. You've told us way too much already. Yeah. You said One that. of my fiance's exes was deep in the Hallmark cult. And the first thing he said to me was, oh, good. We don't have to spend like $200 on ornaments this year. I have so many ornaments bought by family members that I... I have a huge tree and I can't put them all up. I also get sick of putting ornaments on the tree. Like I put up some and then I'm like, enough. Enough. (laughs) And then I played trumpet for years. So for years of my life, everyone gave me trumpet Christmas ornaments. Mm -hmm. So I have so many. So, so many. But yeah. And my Christmas tree is not themed or cute or color schemed. I mean, when you're putting the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and like Santa in a rocket ship on uh-huh. your tree, you're just going for it. Yeah. I think we also have the full like alien from the movie Alien <laughs> replica ornament. Yes. Because everyone remembers the part where the monster killer alien came to visit the baby Jesus and bit its head off. I mean, I don't know what the alien from Alien would do with the baby Jesus. I'm assuming eat it. I stole a baby Jesus one year from a neighbor's. (laughs) um, And like, segue. And uh, yeah, right? And then we decided, like, uh, the friends that I was with, we decided to have, like, start a band and we called. It was called Stealing Baby Jesus. Oh, Didn't man. really go far. I think we met up in someone's garage like once and I just, yeah. 
It was great though, but I did. I mean, I did return this, the the baby Jesus because I was like, I don't need a creepy baby in a, from a manger just sitting in the corner of my room. But yeah, I did steal my neighbor's baby Jesus. I have heard stories too about people making birthday cakes on Christmas for the baby Jesus. I mean, what do you hmm. get someone that's two thousand years old for Christmas? Oh man, I must have said something inappropriate. <laughs> I could think of some inappropriate things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, it'll be an exciting season. Well, ponder that, everyone. And on that note. <laughs> so, next episode, we will be celebrating our one-year anniversary, you guys. If you can That's believe right. it, we've been doing this for a whole our year. Our monthly podcast in one year has done eight episodes. Yes! We are the champions, <laughs> my friend. Thank you for sticking with us. And it. we're hoping to be more regular. We're going to go for ten next year. I'm just That's kidding. That's right. I think our goal is twelve, but we'll see. New yeah, goals. Well. And are we revisiting Problematic Christmas? Oh, I think the we short should. Stories? I think we should. Should. To keep in the tradition, yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem, sorry guys. Um, problematic Christmas slash Hanukkah. I'll have to maybe find something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you can find a messed up Hanukkah short story, mm-hmm. and not just the story of Hanukkah, you know, because through God's great life. ways, they make <laughs> long days for this festival of lies. <laughs> All I know is from a choir song I sang in like eighth grade. Yeah. I want Sarah to Same. open up with that. The lights of episode. Hanukkah are shining. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. They you, made us clap too. So. They, you know more than I do. Oh, all I know is somebody was chasing the Jews. I mean, uh, uh, there's a few stories I feel like start that way. Oh yeah, we're always being chased. So, <laughs> and I always, whenever people tell that story, I picture like... When it was like the Scooby Doo mysteries where there were guest hosts. So it's like Scooby Doo and like the Harlem Globetrotters are being chased through the streets of, I'm guessing, Jerusalem. And then they get hauled up in. Oh, so I'm going to get hate mail for this. They get hauled up in the synagogue temple. At least we'll get mail. In the synagogue temple, and there's only enough lamp oil in the temple to light the last one day, one but day. it lasts only. But it was a miracle, and God made it last eight days, probably so the Harlem Trotters could get their practice in so they could go fight whoever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see the Rugrats version of Hanukkah? No. no. Oh, yeah, there was a Rugrats version. It was great. Mm. This was before there was, like, the like they had the second baby and stuff. Hmm. But yeah, no. And they call it the meanie of Hanukkah instead of the meaning of Hanukkah. Yeah, I look that up. Good one. Yeah. So that's what goes through my head. Cool. I'm here for it. And they're always being chased by my favorite Scooby-Doo villains because they were the most ridiculous. It's like the, the janitor. No, the chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla ghost from the Ice Cream Factory episode that was <laughs> run by Mama Cass. <laughs> Chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla ghouls. In fact, they started making Funko Pop, Scooby-Doo, and they have a ghoul villain. And I'm like, no, if they make a three-pack of those flippin' chocolate, strawberry, <laughs> vanilla ghouls, I don't even care if it's Comic-Con exclusive. I will be up at midnight on Hot Topic getting that shit so fast. <laughs> so if anyone at Funko is listening, I could not be the only person who remembers that completely ridiculous episode. Mm-hmm. When That was kind of the moment, even when you're a little kid, where you're like, this show has jumped the shark. Make it happen. <laughs> it's Sarah's Christmas wish. <laughs> it's my wish for Christmas. <laughs> Blown plastic from China figures, chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla ghouls from the 70s cartoon. <laughs> this show has jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. 200%. <laughs> Okay, we, we've sidebarred enough. I guess this is the point where we tell you that you can email us. Yes, you can. At bottom shelf, B is in boy, C is in cat, at, at gmail.com. And, and then we also have an Instagram as well. Is it? We do this every fucking time. Yeah, we don't know our own Instagram. <laughs> You're um, welcome. 
We have one. It though. is bottom shelf underscore BC. I knew the underscore was in there somewhere. So feel free to see our post episode photos featuring all of our food and drinks that we've had. Mm -hmm. And since we're doing problematic Christmas again this year, if you have suggestions for pairings for short stories, whether they're Christmas or Hanukkah related, send them to us. We, we will take any and all suggestions. Yeah. Um, if you have a strange Christmas food, oh, we, yeah. I will attempt to make it. Sarah likes the strange foods, huh? I, I just like to hear about people's family traditions. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, you never know what you're going to hear. It's true. Um, Turducken was a weird one. Oh, yeah. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to make that. Where mm. would I get a... Like, first of all, where am I going to get... What is that? A turkey, a duck, and a chicken? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where am I going to get a duck? I mean, when people said turducken, I'm like, is there like a Peking duck stuck in there? Because <laughs> that's my understanding of duck. Is something hanging <laughs> in a window in Chinatown? Yeah. That's yeah. a thing. And then I would always think, it's poor Ping. <laughs> poor Ping. Poor Ping. This is a children's book. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Uh -huh. Ping the duck Ping on the, the Yangtze duck. River. Oh, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that got dark. <laughs> So send us your comments, suggestions, likes, dislikes. Rate, like, subscribe. Please tell all your friends. Yeah, and we would love to get an email. Maybe that's our Christmas wish. Oh. Dear Santa, we the ladies at Bottom Shelf BC acknowledge that you're not re real and largely invented by Coca-Cola. However... <laughs> If you are happen to be real and living at the North Pole, and I hope have a pet polar bear like Tolkien said, yeah. um, mm -hmm. please send us a, have someone send us an email so we know that we're not just yelling into the wind every month. We have gotten DMs. We have gotten well, DMs. I say that. So, and we do appreciate. We know that there absolutely. are people listening. Absolutely. We love each and every 17 of you. And we That's wish you right. all the best winter you can have. And yeah, just go get something you love this time of year. Yeah. And if you need to have a Christmas for yourself, I say treat yourself. If you need to lie and say you're going to Mexico for a week. <laughs> <laughs> and pull images off the internet. You fucking do it. And if you do, please let us know. Because we salute you, Gladiator. We yeah, do. if you stayed home and claimed you were in Mexico and secretly posted photos you stole from Google onto your Facebook but just ate pizza and watched QVC for a week... We salute you. Fuck yeah. We're impressed. <laughs> Honestly. All right, guys. Good luck surviving Thanksgiving if you celebrate. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm And best of luck in the coming season. And just remember, it seems long, but it is really short, and this too shall pass. Absolutely. All right. We All will right. catch you on the other side. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.